Cashflow Ninja, episode 207 with Max Wright. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello Cashflow Ninjas, MC Lobster here and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today and in today's show we're going to look at how to position yourself to profit during the next financial crisis. My guest in this episode is Max Wright. Max is an entrepreneur, investor, educator, consultant and business owner in a number of different niches. Max has made a number of prophetic investment predictions including the advice to buy Bitcoin when it was only $11. Not a bad prediction and call right there by Max. He recently released another exciting and controversial prediction about cash flow investments. So I've asked him to come on the show to set the record straight. Max and I will be covering a lot of different topics and concepts in this interview. And he's also hosting a webinar for Cashflow Ninja listeners to show you exactly how to position yourself to profit during the next financial crisis. You can access that webinar at www.successcouncil.com forward slash Cashflow Ninja or at cashflowninja.com forward slash success council. Please share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MC Lobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja, one word, to 44. To ensure you never miss one of our episodes, you can also download our free interactive smartphone apps on the Apple and Google Play app stores. I've created a Cashflow Ninja investment group where I share opportunities that I'm investing in with my fellow investors. If you're interested in joining this group, please email me at info at CashflowNinja.com and we will continue the conversation to see if you're a good fit for our group. My friend Dave Zook says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy, but you need to pick one. At The Real Asset Investor, Dave and his company create value for investors looking for higher yield returns from real estate ventures domestically and internationally. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities The Real Asset Investor offers, such as the syndication opportunity at Mahogany Bay Village in Belize or investment opportunities in the multifamily space in the U.S., visit CashflowNinja.com forward slash real asset investor. Gelt Inc. is a multifamily syndicator which has acquired over 6,700 apartment units valued at over $1 billion through a private equity syndication model. Gelt provides its investors with significant cash-on-cash returns while maintaining and enhancing equity invested for the long term. You can reach out to Joss Satin at joss at geltinc.com to learn more. Have you read Rich Dad Poor Dad? Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start and how to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JoinOps Properties at joinopsproperties.com. 
If you want to create an income stream of 8% on your cash or money in your self-directed IRAs within 90 days in real estate without finding the property, fixing it up, finding a tenant, and all the other management headaches, you have to watch the private lending presentation at cashflowninja.com forward slash private lending. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Max, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, MC. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Uh, sure. I mean, with regards to investment and money or just generally? Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you've got a little bit of a funny accent, so you're in the right place as well. So yeah. share a little bit about uh, where you're from, what you do, and a little bit about your journey of what got you to where you are at right now. Sure. Um, well, started um, born and raised Sydney, Australia. And actually, if we're going to tie this into the story, I remember um, in like year 10, year 11 economics in high school, I remember asking my economics teachers and saying, if if everybody empties their pockets and and count up all the money in existence right now, and we we do that hypothetically, you know, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, there'd be more money now than then. So Mr. Economics teacher, how does the money enter the system? And my economics teacher couldn't answer it in high school. I, I went and uh, asked uh, the, the head of the economics department in high school. They couldn't answer it. And I was in high school. I got distracted with sport and girls and other things, and I forgot. Years later, you know, the internet comes around, and one of the very first things I ever download on the internet is an MP3 by G. Edward Griffin, author of The Creature from Jekyll Island. You probably know it. There's this question, which I didn't know. was kind of like a passion for me. I didn't even know like, way back as a, as a high school student. And I, so that's kind of a little bit of a start on my journey on why I got so fascinated and interested in, in economics and cycles and all those kinds of things. So that's that. Anyway, um, graduated an engineering degree, never used it, um, started my own business. I went to corporate land for like six months, hated it, left there, got addicted to starting my own businesses. It sounds like a, a, if you knew me at the time, but you'd think I got addicted to starting and failing businesses because I did a lot of both. And, uh, but eventually I had one that broke through and um, was quite successful. Ended up moving to Australia, uh, to America, I beg your pardon. And things just kind of took off. I got involved in, in you know, having my, my marketing skills and my digital skills and then combine that with my economic skills. When I first heard about Bitcoin, that had made so much sense. I was a gold bug before that and still am to a degree. I, I'm not I'm negative on gold or silver in any way, shape or form. Um, and so that's kind of how I got down that, that path there. Yeah. And what I like to, uh, Max is you, you take a little bit of philosophy and you bring in the economic side with it, with a little bit of history and then market cycles, as you mentioned. And that's one thing that I appreciate about the content that you put out as well, because everybody kind of has got a niche and you, you know, you've touched a little bit on gold, you just, you know, real estate is some of the, the projects that you're involved with. Bitcoin, you're, you're a very big voice in that space talking about what's going on there. So I'm looking forward to jumping in uh, to that discussion with you. Where do you see, what's, you, what's first of all, what's going on in the, in the marketplace right now? And where are we uh, with economic cycles? Because uh, <laughs> we're living in a very, very interesting time with a lot of things happening at the same time. 100%. Um, and there is lots of fun things going on, interesting things going on. Um, with regards to cycles, I'm not sure if you've heard this data point before, but you know, in, in the history of the United States, there has been 47 booms and busts, you know, economic expansions and contractions. 
And right now we are in the third longest. You know, history tells us they're generally between four to seven years old. Uh, you know, this one's pushing it longer than that. It's the third longest. I think in like two months we beca- it becomes the second longest. Not too long after that, it's going to become the longest. And these things happen in cycles, and we, we know that there's going to be a pullback. Now, a much longer conversation, is it going to be a little one or a big one or a whatever? It's going to be a pretty decent-sized bear market, I believe, and I think it's probably going to be a pretty severe one. Um, I can go into those reasons, but that gets to be a pretty long conversation if you want to go down that path. Um, but nonetheless, the strategies don't really change if it's a little pullback or if it's a big pullback. Um, you want to kind of position yourself, and I am a cash flow nut. I love it. It's like my number one metric on any investment I do, and the, the metric I use is my cash on cash flow. It's a weird metric. It's like if I put in... Um, $50,000, right? That's my deposit. I might borrow some money or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But the amount of cash, every single penny that I stick into it, that's, that's one number. The other ratio I took in is what is the annual returns per year after all of my expenses, including um, finance costs, including the mortgage costs, including everything. What is that? And that ratio gives me a percentage of what is my cash on cash flow return. And right now, and typically just before the crash, it's a really, really terrible number. It's a low number. It's a horrible number. It's why the crash happens is because people are leveraging and leveraging. They're bidding up the prices, chasing these capital gains, the the appreciation of the real estate, the appreciation of the stock. That's what they think the profit is. It's not. The profit is the cash flow. They bid it up so much. If they get the cash flow just to pay back the mortgage and they're cash flow neutral, that's a victory. And if London, Sydney, Vancouver, if you only have to go to work and you know, stick in two, $3,000 a month to, to, you know, in addition to the rents to hold this property that's appreciating so fast, it's a victory for you. But if that crash happens, when that crash happens and those prices get smashed, it's because people have bid up the prices so much, they've destroyed that cash on cash flow ratio. The market just has to reset. The prices come down. And what a lot of people don't realize is they hear about you know, the real estate market getting smashed. 2008 certainly did. Real estate in the US on average down 30%. On the east and west coasts, even more. In the midland, a little bit less. The, 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 um, the, the price of the real estate gets smashed. The rents do not. The rents don't. Maybe they get a little hit. But also right. at the same time, the, the feds chop interest rates in half. So financing becomes uh, you know, easy in terms of the cash flow is easy. You're, the time, the best time to invest in cash flows is after that crash. And so I've just spent years kind of preparing and working for that because kind of tying into the question of kind of my journey, I've kind of um, retired several times. Um, I'm only just I turned 40 in a few months actually. And the first time I kind of retired, I, I thought I was retired. I, I owned a business. I had started it with a partner. He wanted to keep running. I was done. I only lived in the Caribbean for three years. I paid him a salary and we split what was ever left. That was enough for me to live. I was going, I was retired. Well, eventually he kind of got a little bit disgruntled that he was doing all the work. And even though I was paying him a salary, he was like, I want all the profits. Let me buy you out. I was like, okay, no worries. I'll let you buy me out. And I realized very quickly that actually, yeah, business, even though you think you're retired, you have a lot of income coming with cash flow. It's not really retired. Real estate is what I really, where there's apps, just if the bricks and mortars don't get butthurt about anything, bricks and mortars just put tenants in there and pay you cash flow and whatever it takes to build up cash flow from that, that means genuine retirement for me. And also it means, um, it's, it's marked to inflation. If there's massive inflation, yeah. then rents go up. If there's massive deflation, rents go down. And so you, if you have cash flow coming from real estate, and you, it's covering all your costs, you are genuinely, completely financially free. So I became very obsessive about that. And what I realized was, uh, well, I was making a lot of money in a lot of different areas, a lot of different niches. 
what I was going to do is pour so much of that into purchasing cash flow from real estate after this crash, this inevitable crash, I would argue, that's going to happen sometime, I predict, in the next year or two. And, and I like what you're saying, too, about positioning yourself because that, that's a question that I get a lot, and I'm sure that you get it as well. It's, okay, well, when is it coming? Because, you know, as you mentioned, we could go into and have, uh, you know, th- three or four podcasts about why this is coming and the, the big reasons out there in the bubble territory. But the main thing is about preparing yourself for what's coming. Uh, Jim Rogers, uh, I've uh, had the honor to have him on the show as well. And he was talking about it too, saying, I'm the worst market timer ever, but I can see things down the line. And I just position myself as you're talking to, uh, about. And then when it does come, you know, I, he was 10 years early, but he, he positioned for it and he saw it coming. What are some of the, the, the practical steps that you're taking? Because obviously there's asset classes that will get severely damaged. Uh, and obviously, we're looking at places to preserve the capital during this to uh, to employ it. What are some of the things that you're doing, Max? So that even right there, you just mentioned asset classes. That is kind of step one. A lot of beginner investors, they might invest a lot of time and energy in learning a niche, understanding a niche. That's a fantastic thing to do. You should do that. Right. But what you'll find is then you become passionate about that niche. And it's like, well, how can I? But you really want to learn if you want to swim with the tide forever. If in any given asset class, some months you're swimming with the tide, some months you're swimming against the tide. And if you can learn and increase your knowledge and understanding about when tides are changing between asset classes and jump between them, you can kind of learn to swim with the current forever. Um, with the exception of those times, you know something's happening, I'm going to prepare for it, I understand I might be getting pushed back waiting for that thing to happen. That kind of happens as well. But generally, you know, you're going to spend more months swimming with the tide than not. So step one is understanding, get past any biases you have about one particular asset class. It might be great now or not great now. You're preparing for it, but understand you're almost certainly at some point, you're going to want to plan to switch out of that asset class and into another one. So that's step one. With that in mind, uh, real estate, all-time high, stocks, all-time high, my personal opinion, not the best time to get into either of those two things. I'm going to wait for those things to crash and then I'm going to jump into those things. That'll be a great time to do that then. So right now I'm looking at what's the value buy. And sadly, I, as big a cash flow freak as I am right now, all the cat, because the reason the bubble forms in those assets is the cash flow funds very highly leveraged investments and creates bubbles. It's actually the things without cash flow that are looking like good safe havens now. And the analogy is just sit on the sidelines, let the crash happen, jump in by the cash flow assets. So right now it's the non-cash flow assets, which are to me the good value buy. Um, I think, you know, US dollars is cash. Just sit on the sidelines, wait for the thing to crash. So cash is a great thing to do right now. Uh, precious metals, I think, is going to get hit a little bit, but relative to stocks and real estate markets, they're not going to get too, hit too bad. Uh, and maybe even if it's a full-on collapse, we might see them explode in value. But either way, they're a good place to sit on the sideline. And then, of course, cryptocurrencies. I'm extremely excited by that. It is I mean, the most ridiculously volatile asset class I've ever been involved in. <laughs> massive things on a daily, daily basis. So for the preservation of your strategy, I only suggest you play uh, in the world of cryptocurrency with money you can afford to lose because you will be tested. <laughs> um, <laughs> after you buy it down 50%. What? What happened? That's not fair. Right. Uh, that kind of stuff's going to happen. So only invest with money you can afford to lose and you just put it away, lock it away, put it in cold storage for safety and just sit back on that. And I think you'll be very, very, um, I think it would be unlikely in my opinion without any guarantees being made that you would be losing money if you just let it uh, one or two years later. Next week, different story. One or two years later, I think you're going to be looking pretty good. 
Right. And where we're at right now, I mean, <laughs> looking at Bitcoin, oh my goodness. And, and there's a lot of things happening in, in Bitcoin. It's kind of funny how a th- certain th- events played out just in the one week. We, we had uh, Jamie Diamond coming out saying how Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme. And the next thing that, you know, the Chinese government makes a move like a day, day or so later. I'm sure not, not related at all. Um, and then, uh, quite, quite a correction, which everybody in the community was waiting for at some stage to go, things just don't go straight up. Right. Um, and, uh, now, I mean, uh, then we look at today and, and things, things, <laughs> well, they're looking to be moving in another direction again. So to your point, it's the wild, wild west out there. What is going on this in the space, Max? Um, you've shared how, uh, w- what you see at Bitcoin. This is obviously life changing the world. Can you speak to what's going on in the community right now uh, and uh, just inform some of the listeners out there, what are, what are some of the things um, and how you saw what the events that happened in the past week? Well, I mean, for the veterans, yeah, all that stuff is just, just noise and it, it, it just, it doesn't matter. China, yeah. um, who knows how that market operates, but we've been around this merry-go-round. China has banned Bitcoin about seven times, I think, so far. <laughs> counting. So, yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, they announced it's banned. Price gets smashed for a week. Someone makes a hell of a lot of money, and someone loses a bunch of money who fell for it. And right. within a few weeks, that kind of bounces back. So you know, anybody, the people in the community, they're just keep on building, keep on doing it. This is a long game. Um, I think Andre, Andre Antonopoulos made the prediction that he believes in it to take about fifteen to twenty years for Bitcoin to like really become like a a competitive, viable option as a reserve currency of the world now that's a big call that is a big goal to hit now, yeah. 15 to 20 years from 2009 so that you know that puts us at the, on the upper end if that prediction is accurate to 2029 so you know we, we got plenty of time to go here in this but you are still very very early and it's going to be a very volatile ride but if you stick with it i think it's going to be a pretty darn good ride yeah, because I think from where I'm looking at right now, you have that early adoption kind of phase, right? And then, folks, the early adopters get in, and you know these people are, you know, first of all, then the media started laughing at it first, right? Oh, tokens! What are you guys talking about? And then all of a sudden, they say, "Oh my goodness, what's going on here?" And then now you're, you know, you're a terrorist if, you, if you're using any any cryptos because there's a panic. And then the big institutional uh, uh, organizations start kind of like belittling it a little bit which they still do but phase two kind of in the build-up there's a lot of institutional money now making its way not only into bitcoin but in the crypto space and just uh, uh soaring into the uh, the blockchain space yeah 100 percent. and that was a very predictable cycle they will try and take over the space i think with some uh, rubbish coins we're using blockchain, yeah, but all of the cool features of Bitcoin and some of the other solid cryptocurrencies you've stripped out, and it's right. just a it's just a new way for you to counterfeit money. No, thank you. Right. Um, now, now they do have an unbelievable propaganda machinery behind them in the world press. They do have you know, unlimited amounts of money to throw at this. They're trying to preserve a you know trillion dollar scam. They're going to throw a lot of money at this, trying to do it, uh, but. At present, we're winning, and it's it's very much an education game with regards to the can we teach the marketplace about why they would want to resist these kind of corporate attempts at takeover to create new different coins. I'm not against new coins. I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist. Um, there's nothing wrong with new coins if the if they're sound money if they're if the foundations are correct. But using blockchain technology 
with um, hacks for the um, for the the Fed and whoever else to manipulate the supply and whatever else, then that's obviously something that wants to be avoided. And it's up to us as leaders in the community to you know educate people and get that message out to people and explain the benefits of the the brand that is Bitcoin and Satoshi's vision. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then there's some very interesting other uh, uh, coins in there in the space. Ethereum has a pretty has had a pretty good run. Uh, with a lot of credibility behind it. Monero is making away, Dash is in there. Uh, what are some of your thoughts on all of these other altcoins? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly, again, if well, if you think Bitcoin's volatile, try the, the altcoin market. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's, 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 look, there's a lot going on there. And there's now over, over a thousand coins, I think. I definitely can't uh, monitor all of them and speak uh, to all of them. So, right. you know, you want to kind of... Um, pay attention. I like to follow certain players. Um, so Vitalik Buterin is, uh, is one of the geniuses of the space, a savant, some would say, which I tend to agree. So he's someone worth, worth following. Um, you know, he's going to be more likely to be involved in something. There's a real genuine technological leap and advancement. Probably the obviously Satoshi, but he's no longer with us. Um, and probably the other big player in the space is a gentleman called Dan Larimer. And so right. he's one of the, one of the geniuses out there who just, just consistently brings huge leaps of technology to the space. Um, and so following those kinds of guys is a really good start in which coins you, we've all got limited resources. You've only got a certain amount of time to follow a certain amount of coins. Right. So that's a really good place to start. I think in who, where you want to start following things. You're listening to Max Wright on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to Max Wright on the Cashflow Ninja podcast and now back to our interview. Yeah, and it's very interesting too. So Dan Larimer uh, from Steemit, formerly Steemit, he's also launched a, a new uh, coin, uh, EOS. Um, but yeah, it's very, very interesting to tie into the, the decentralization, not just of money, but now the information. Uh, you're pretty active on YouTube. Uh, we've seen a lot of stuff going on there. We saw a lot of stuff in the last two years on on Google and Facebook and, and, and all of that. Uh, so I can definitely see, I mean, Steemit, and we've got what, DTube is now another one. Uh, there's another one called BitChute just on the, on the videos uh, that are looking pretty prominent. Uh, what are some of your thoughts, what's happening out there uh, just as far as the censorship and some opportunities on other platforms that are coming up? Yeah, this is really, I mean, this is, that's my passion. I really like, uh, <laughs> I talk a lot about money and markets. So I really, I care about one thing, freedom. I've all, all, the only reason I want money is so I've got financial freedom <laughs> and political freedom is even more important than financial freedom. So I spent a lot of time talking about those things. Um, the, look, this, the, the whole system, and I've been watching this for like two decades, paying very, very close attention to it. And I mean, screaming from the rooftop, hey, guys, guys, there is a war on for your mind. Like, you need to pay attention. You are going right. to government-run schools and you're being indoctrinated in the idea that government's supposed to solve all our problems, taking away personal responsibility. And it, I've just been, it felt like, obviously it was not, there's a, a little, but, you know, there's a community out there been campaigning for this for years. And 
not that Trump is the perfect poster boy for the movement by a long stretch, but certainly with Brexit and the Trump phenomenon and everyone, just the amount of what I'd call red pilling going on in the community right now. So you've just seen just so many people have in the last little bit have understood that the, the, um, the mainstream media is just the propaganda wing of the elitist corporation who are trying to take over the world, take over our minds. The education system, the school-funded education system, both at college and at high school, elementary school level, is just you know another form of that propaganda wing of that same status quo institution. And we we had we had one you know, a couple of little wins. We had Brexit. We had um, you know like Trump. Uh, you know one guy in one office. This is going to be a long game. There are tens of thousands of bureaucrats in every different country all over the world. And they've just been filling up, you know, with people who have these leftist ideology into those positions in the media, in schools, in politics. It is going to take a long time to route them all out. And the only reason we've been successful on this one time is because the mainstream media lost control of the narrative. The alternative media through social media um, took it over and they then immediately recognized the threat and are moving to censor it all hardcore. Facebook, Google, Twitter, all of those are going to be, YouTube, Twitter, all of these are going to be going down very, very hard, very, very soon, I predict. But the only if an alternative is produced. And so what, if an alternative is, is produced, you're going to see a very, very quick shift away. All the cool kids will be getting off those platforms very, very quickly, which means from an investor perspective, if you know that and understand that about the um, zeitgeist of the world at the moment, and you, you know, put your money in those things and you find those ones that are just going to go and you know, eat Facebook's lunch, eat Twitter's lunch, eat YouTube's lunch, then the, the opportunity is fantastic. So a couple of things to know that that's what we want to try and uh, anticipate. That's what we want to go and get involved in. Okay, cool. How are we going to know about that and how are we going to lend, it, lend ourselves to understand that? Well, we need to understand that the desire for freedom of political speech has created a massive marketplace for anybody who creates solutions to those ideas. Right. So if you have a solution to those ideas, all of a sudden you have a massive market that exists now that didn't exist 24 months ago. So you're going to see these platforms, these ideas flourish left and right, lots and lots of money thrown at them to get them off the ground because there is time is of the essence. Let's get these damn things built. How can we have censorship-free um, social media? And you're going to see those platforms being built. You're going to see a lot of them competing against each other. And it'll, all, it'll come down to you know, technology and marketing like it always does. Um, if you have to put your money on one, put it on marketing over technology. And that is probably going to be where a lot of these people are going to flow to for their unsent- if we can, if for that uncensored information. What I really like about it too is that uh, the little guy that, you know, that David can actually have a le- legitimate shot of tumbling uh, Goliath in this and that analogy. Because if you're on a platform like Steemit and you create good content, solid content uh, based on actual facts of what is going on uh, and you, you're garnering a little bit of a following, I mean, there's, there's nothing that can stop you at that stage. There's no algorithms that can come in or someone that can manipulate it or play around. If it's completely decentralized, you're going to have just the same opportunity as everybody else there that's getting paid, you know, thousands of dollars by these, some of these media corporations, which what is it, like five or six that own all the media right now? Um, anyway, but you're going to be able to compete directly with them and eat their lunch uh, on these platforms. So it's going to open up. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm very, very excited and optimistic about it because the opportunities that are going to be that we're going to be presented with in these spaces is just phenomenal. Yeah, it is. So keeping your eye on that and keeping your, your, um, 
you know, your feelers out there trying to catch, like you said, you mentioned a lot of them and what a great thing. Like you know, a few years ago, we didn't have a choice of one. Right. Now we've got several new things fighting to be the new, the best, uh, the alternatives to, to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. So it's exciting. I know it's going to happen. It's going to happen fast. Which platform is going to win? Um, that's obviously remains to be seen. Maybe it hasn't even started yet, but we'll, we'll have to keep a close eye on it because it's an exciting time. And it's, and it's, what I'll also say is it's an absolutely necessary to our survival. Um, absolutely. Like, can't let them control the narrative any longer. The death, the destruction, the poverty that it causes is just through the roof and it has to be annihilated with incredible haste. And that's something that I, I, I'm looking at right now. And from a philosophical standpoint, just looking at what's going on in the world, you, you've mentioned the media and how it's so controlled. I mean, uh, every day North Korea is going to bomb us at some stage uh, or the terrorist underneath my bed's going to get me or you know, something else is going on uh, within society. I have to say like Max, it's been very interesting for me personally being from South Africa to witness this. It's kind of really, really scary, but um, the divide obviously that happened uh, in our society, neighbor against neighbor, basically in the United States with the last election uh, I think that the the whole propaganda, I've kind of seen a shift. I've always seen that there was kind of like a class warfare that was promoted, you know, the haves and the have nots. Mm-hmm. And that didn't necessarily work for many reasons too. I mean, that's another, another podcast. And the guy in the middle really saw uh, what the dangers were and experienced it in the United States and obviously voted one way against that. Now that that kind of like has taken kind of a, a stall, I've kind of seen now it's kind of like the victor versus the oppressor kind of mentality that's been pushed and pushed and pushed because the class war that they were hoping for, still trying really hard for it, but not as successful, uh, especially in the millennials with this whole victim and, and oppressor, which ties into, you know, everybody's a victim. Everybody, you know, is victimized in some way. And there's a big bad wolf out there and there's a lot of finger pointing going on. What are some of the things that you've seen in the country looking looking in, uh, in from the outside? And not just in the U.S. for the world, really, because it's Western Europe. This is basically uh, the, the same ideas. What are some of your, your take on that? Yeah, so you, you nailed the, um, the, the analysis there. The, and I, think it's, it's, I think it's worthwhile talking about the, the steps and the psychological control over what happened to that generation. Um, because if you understand how they did that, a, it's, it's a good, it's an immunity to yourself. It's like a vaccine. You, you can't get the disease um, if you have it. Um, but also you're going to be able, you're going to be empowered to help other people out of the fog of insanity. So the stepping stones for that was step one was convince them to a very noble idea that um, racism and bigotry is, is the most evil thing ever. And judging. So given that, and given that we all have a background, we all have a, a you know an ancestral background. A, a, we all have a, a color. A, 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 we have um, a, a culture we belong to. We have a gender. We have everything. Given we have all of these things, every time you open your mouth, every time you make a judgment on anything else, you can't possibly hide all those biases. So having any opinion on anything else is basically just bigotry before you even start. So whatever you do, if you want to be a good person, if you want to be a moral person, don't pass any judgments on anything at any time, no matter what. Now, once you subscribe to that, it's not, you know, it's a reasonable idea on first glance. Once you subscribe to that, all of a sudden, if you stop discriminating, including in the sense of she is a discriminating shopper, meaning she chooses the best of the available options to her at the shops. If you don't discriminate on any basis at all, 
then there, there's nothing to say what's good or what's bad. Meaning, if I can look at you know a country which um, you know doesn't educate women for you know outlaws women getting educated, and I can't say that's a bad system. Like the reason they're herding goats, you know, in the 21st century for fifty dollars a month, and you know Western worlds you know living in skyscrapers and average income is you know two or three thousand dollars a month. Well, maybe it's because, you know, the people who raise their children are not educated or maybe I can check that, but I'd say that idea leads to a really bad outcome. This idea that you should educate women leads to a really good outcome. Let's make a judgment on that and say we reject that and move in this direction. If you commit to not having any bigotry, if you commit to not having any um, discrimination against that idea, not against the people, not against the color, not against the thing, but about the idea, if you can't discriminate against the idea, then you get yourself in a very tough situation where how do you explain the reality, right? If it, why are they herding goats for $50 a month and we living on $3,000 a month? Once you take away all the good reasons, all of the reasons that anybody with any common sense can see and you dare not speak them, well, now there is only one reason left. This person must have oppressed that person. Their success is all the evidence I need to say they must be oppressors because I can't say that their culture their ideas, the concepts they hold in their heart and their mind are better than the alternative. I can't say that. So their success is proof positive that they're oppressors. And their failure, because I can't judge them and says their ideas are shit, because I can't judge them and I can't say that, I must conclude that they must have been oppressed. And now you fall into a horrific mindset where you are part making judgment and making excuses for terrible ideas and those bad ideas are allowed to foster and you're punishing any good ideas. And it gets much, much worse than that because now what you want to do is right the wrong. There's an oppressor. There's a victim. I want to be a good human. I want to fix it. I'm going to go and tear down the obvious oppressor and build up and give money to and cut my, cut my own wrists to help this person with horrific ideas that lead to terrible outcomes, let's lift those ideas up and elevate them as virtue and wonderful and celebrate them. And that is the cancer, the mind cancer that has taken over a good chunk of the millennial generation. It's very, very sad to see. Yeah, and I think it kind of like separates the correlation between the ideas and your actions and then the outcomes. Because, you know, at that stage, it's, you don't want to look at the actions because we can't judge and make a determination on why your actions and your thinking is horrible. So now there's two different sets of outcomes for people. And as you mentioned, then the, the, the people with more favorable outcomes and more success, successful outcomes, those are the people taking the bear of the brunt at that stage. 100%. And you, you, you set up an incredible, incredibly perverse incentive whereby if, it used to be if you see someone who was, if you wanted to be a great relationship, well, do you have a great relationship? Great. Well, what can I learn from you? Now it becomes you have a good relationship, they have a bad relationship, you must have oppressed them. What? What? It doesn't make sense. Oh, I want to be wealthy. You're wealthy. What can I learn from you? Oh, you're wealthy. They're not wealthy. You must be evil. You must be good. I'm going to go and cuddle with the, the people who have terrible ideas that lead to poverty. Makes no sense. It's it's an absolute cancer within society that has to be eradicated. The mainstream media is supporting it. The establishment, the status quo, the political parties of all sides are supporting it. The alternative media and the regular average person in the street is pulling it down at a rate of knots that is absolutely beautiful to see, but several decades overdue. And uh, there's going to be a lot of healing, but that's the big divide. Going back to the original question, what is the divide? It's just two different realities. 
your success, your, your happiness, your everything that I used to look at and say, I want to be just like that. Now I view that as evil. That's an alternative reality, an absolute alternative uh, universe. And I have to tear down that, which is good and great. And I have to build up that, which is crap. Terrible idea. Yeah. And I had a conversation with Doug Casey about that. I mean, a lot of things going on was that Facebook is now recognizing, you know, 48 different genders and all these other things. I mean, we're basically <laughs> in an asylum and then whether the one group still again, perfect for, uh, uh you know, the freedom of, uh, ind- individual freedom as far as, uh, what you can identify with and all that things. But then the next step becomes, well, now we're going to pass a bill of anybody that doesn't, subscribe to or wants to navigate reality the same or acknowledge that or use different pronouns uh and basically get them in trouble which is looking we're looking at it california so it's it's uh it's it's quite quite bizarre and uh (laughs) a very very important to understand these things and that's why i wanted to kind of lead with that because philosophy the way that you view the world and your understanding of values and principles all of these things tie in together when it comes to building sustainable wealth and, and cash flow. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, this is just pre-enlightenment ideas. I mean, what catapulted the West into our quality of lifestyle that we um, enjoy today is these concepts of freedom of speech, you know, never using violence against hate speech. Like never, ever. The person who initiates the physical violence is always the person in the wrong, no matter what. No matter what evil nonsense is said, it's always the person. That was critical. We used to, you know, shoot it out in the street. We used to, you know, we watch Game of Thrones. We know how arguments used to be settled. Whoever killed the other one, that was who was right. And, you know, think of what, what the church did um, to, to scientists who were trying to tell people that the world is, is not flat. The, the, you know, all these kind of things. And then we had the Enlightenment. And the Enlightenment was... We're not going to get rid of bad ideas through violence. We're going to talk about it and we're going to use arguments and we're going to teach our citizenry to use logic to beat that. And that is what catapulted us out of the world of superstition, out of that nonsense and into the world of science. It's a, and that it all based on never, ever, ever use violence to settle your arguments. Always talk it out and use logic and let people come to their, let people, you know, the, the weapons that you have to change someone's mind is the power of persuasion and the power of good example and the power of ostracism. If you don't want to speak to them, you don't want to do business with them, no problem. Then let them be out. Let them get over there and be poor by themselves because you choose not to do that. Okay. But now we have a, gone back centuries and suggested it's okay to use violence, put someone in jail, lock, kick them, beat them, you know, throw a brick through their business. If they have an opinion that is different to yours, then this, and this is tragic. Canada just uh, wanted to push through a law. It says it, was, it wanted to make it illegal and put in jail time to criticize Islam. Now, how much would you have to hate Muslim people to rob them of the opportunity to go through the enlightenment that the Christian world went through? What sent Christians through the enlightenment was criticism of Christianity. That's what made them great. That's what made them strong. That's what brought them into the civilized world. And to rob other parts of the world who have not gone through that yet and rob them of criticism is so tragic, so painful. It's, it's really, really sad. Absolutely. And we definitely need a diversity of opinions and ideas. And that's one thing that I enjoy about your show. And there's many other uh, guys out there and gals that I follow as well that constantly challenges my thinking and my mindset and opens myself up to new, new ways of looking at things. And boy, did I really have that right? And I mean, that's, 
that's uh, that's one that's part of that's part of the learning process and and life. Uh, and looking at what constant learning and studying, Max, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. So, what are you currently studying right now, and what skill sets are you currently learning? Very much in the face. I mean, that's a it's a that's a, a daily practice. But right now, I'm really gearing up for what what's after this next crash. What's the world going to look like? I think it's going to be a pretty big one. What's the world going to be, look like, and what skill sets are going to be needed? Um, so, uh, like I said, the skill set that I want to move into very very heavily, and that is to is only going to be real estate after that. So even though right now I don't think it's a great time to be doing it, I'm doing it to build the skill set so I can move very very quickly. That's what I do over there on the on the business front. Um, what I'm also spending a hell of a lot of time doing is parenting. Um, I have one little boy, spoiled rotten, um, c- coming up to three years old, and I get to spend a lot, a lot of time with him, more so than most parents do. And a lot of the, about that is just building the next generation, building that new mindset. Well, I mean, going back to a, an, actually an older mindset, but the, the, the weird left turn that we took the last uh, few decades, let's get rid of that. And raising good children, that is one of the keys to uh, what's going to take place. Now, a core message in our show is to leave our families and communities and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset and values and principles, as we've discussed, to the future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Um, one would be the non-aggression principle. And the way I say that is if you, if you ever have to use, if you have to use fraud or violence or threat of violence, if you're the initiator of any of those three things, you're in the wrong. Stop. Go back. You'll never achieve good um, with a non-good means. So the, the means must be virtuous as well as the outcome. So that's the uh, non-aggression principle. Second one I would be is to be self-sufficient. And the way I would say that is uh, produce more than you consume. And, and it's, more, it's okay to measure that in dollar terms. Um, yeah, produce more than you consume. Um, and let me think. Third one, uh, learn every day. Learning, learning has to be a passion. Education is the most important thing. And so make a commitment to learn something every single day. No, absolutely. And, and that's why I talk about skill sets too. It's, it's so important. And you touched upon what's going on in the school system earlier. And, you know, I, I've shared my opinion about it too. Folks just have to read uh, The Weapons of Mass Instruction by John Taylor Gatto to know what's going on and, and see the product of the system. Uh, and the same in, in colleges, right? I mean, uh, I don't think in marketing classes that they're, t- they're teaching a course on podcasting yet. So it's truly about finding the skills, which in this exciting time that we live in, there's so many resources out there, so much free content, which you help to contribute online and in your channel, Contrarian Dude, which I uh, really enjoy. Uh, Max, you're putting on a, a webinar uh, to uh, this big, bold, uh, bold prediction. Can you give us a little bit of a teaser uh, and also tell us where folks can, can uh, access that uh, webinar? Sure. The, uh, the URL is successcouncil.com slash cashflowninja. Uh, that will be all lowercase. And what we talk about on that webinar is basically uh, it's a prediction about the next, how the next few years are going to play out. Uh, I don't know the exact timing. Please don't ask. <laughs> I don't know about the exact timing of when this crash is coming, but we do know it's coming. It's just due, which makes it really easy because the fact that it's so overdue, we know that it's going to be coming soon. It makes it kind of easy to plan for. Yeah. Uh, 
And so there are going to be three distinct phases of the next crash that I've identified. And I specifically tell you which asset classes are going to skyrocket, which asset classes are going to get smashed down, how to jump back and forth between them to ride those waves up perfectly. Uh, at least in my opinion, I think it's great content. It's completely free. You can go ahead and register for that now. I'm only doing it for a little while longer. It's successcouncil.com slash ninja. And the spelling of council, because there's two spellings, it's C-O-U-N-C-I-L. So successcouncil.com slash ninja. Perfect. Are there any other platforms that uh, folks out there can follow you on and uh, no, where they can I, reach actually, out? I'm a little bit anti uh, social media, actually, okay. to, to, my, to my own detriment, but you can get me on YouTube at Contrarian Dude. I definitely recommend the YouTube channel and I'll put a link below this video and also in our show notes at Cashflow Ninja. Max, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. This has been a blast connecting. Thank you so much for having me. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Alhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Thank you for joining my guest, Max Wright, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja today. Many listeners have taken action and received a personalized game plan of how to collapse time in their financial plan and become financially free in 10 years or less. If you're interested in a personalized game plan and custom roadmap to achieve financial freedom in 10 years or less, you can register for a free webinar at cashflowtactics.com forward slash ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life. So if there's any way that I can provide more value for you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gashku newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44222. Geld Inc. is a multifamily owner which has acquired over 6,700 apartment units valued at over $1 billion through a private equity syndication model. Banking on the renter revolution amongst millennials and baby boomers, all-time low home ownership rates, and a major shortage of well-located apartments at affordable price points, Galt has provided its investors with consistent cash-on-cash returns while maintaining and enhancing equity invested for the long term. For more information on how to achieve sustainable yield for the long term, you can email Josh Satin at josh at geltinc.com. Smart investors know that the banks actually don't own most automatic teller machines. In fact, the opportunity for private investment provides stellar passive returns, figures in the double digits, with the added bonus that most of the income is tax-free. Who wants to walk blindly past an ATM and not cash in on that opportunity? ATM machine ownership 
brings you a steady stream of hands-off passive income. Dave Zook and the Real Asset Investor team have been providing opportunities for investors in this uptrending activity of ATM use. If you're an accredited investor and would like more information on how you can invest in this exclusive asset class that very few investors will ever have access to, sign up for your free webinar on how to create income streams from ATMs at cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They have designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash-flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit joinopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. If you want to create an income stream of 8% on your cash or money in your self-directed IRA within 90 days in real estate without finding the property, fixing it up, finding a tenant, and all the other management headaches that comes along with it, you have to watch the private lending presentation at cashflowninja.com forward slash private lending. The wealthiest investors on the planet know how to capture their wealth and leverage it to perpetually grow it. If you're interested in learning in the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 